Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul Podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, we have Whitney Aronoff. She's a health-supportive personal chef in Laguna Beach, California. She's passionate about wellness and the vibration of food and supporting others in living their best life. As a personal chef who prepares custom meals and dinner parties for her clients, she shares her seasonal recipes on Starseed Kitchen and in her e-cookbook called High Vibration Cooking. Chef Whitney also has a line of organic spice blends, which I've tried and they're amazing. She is also the host of her own podcast called High Vibration Living with Chef Whitney Aronoff, where she interviews experts on healthy eating, cooking wellness, beauty, travel, and spirituality. She's joining us today to share that eating is a transfer of energy between our energetic being and the food we eat. And I can't wait to find out what Chef Whitney has cooking in her starseed kitchen. Hello. Hi! How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Excited to have you on. I have to tell you that your The 11 Magic Herbs and Spices has been on like much of our food since I've had it. So just even last night, we had it on chicken. I am not a cook. And when I do, everybody knows. They're like, you made this, mom, didn't you? I'm like, oh... How do you know? <laughs> well, you can always find recipes on my website. It's my website, Starseed Kitchen, are the exact recipes that I'm using on my personal chef clients. So it's what I'm doing for them every week. And it's also the recipes that I make for myself and have made for many years. So any recipes on my website are super tried, tested, true. Like you can't go wrong. Nice. Oh, I love that. And you know, I have a picky house. So it's funny because my partner says like cooking with one hand tied behind your back. (laughs) We're all picky and we all have our own unique things. I have a son who is autistic. Girl, he only eats like one or two things and he goes through like phases for like years. Taco Bell and now it's switched to Subway. (laughs) Yeah, but as you keep raising the vibration of your home and putting more intention into the meals that you're cooking for your entire family, it will shift his cravings as well. It'll suddenly shift what he wants and what is going to vibrate correctly for him. So he'll naturally start to grow out of the Taco Bell and the subways and want cleaner, vibrant, more healthy food as you all, as everyone around him moves up to that too. He'll naturally move with it. Boy, I wish that would be true, but he said that's been his, like one of his major issues since he was born. You know, it's interesting what he does though. He always smells his food before he puts it in his mouth. That's so cool. It is because it's part of the processing that must be missing for him. So he figured out a way to process that. And I've heard of other kids doing that too. I think it's neat. 
That is so neat. It also helps the digestive process because you're taking a moment to smell your food. So that's why cooking and learning to cook just like one meal. If people just learned one meal that supports them, that would be a great tool for the tool belt. And when you're in the cooking process, your digestion is already starting. You're smelling the food, you're touching the food, your body's already getting prepared to then digest the food versus if we just grab something, keep walking and eating it, it doesn't allow, it doesn't support the digestive process. You know, a lot of energy is going to have to move towards your stomach and your intestines in order to digest the food with ease. So by sitting down and taking a moment and smelling the food and salivating, you're starting the digestive process because you have to start to build the saliva in your mouth to break down the food you're going to eat. I love that. And you know, during COVID, that was the worst part is that every time I had COVID, I wouldn't be able to smell Oh no. And actually, I still don't have my sense of smell back to what it was. Interesting. Long before I was a health supportive chef, I remember talking to different women in my early 20s who were older than me who had already had kids, and they shared with me that they lost the sense of smell when they had their kids. And I met multiple women that this happened to. Yeah. So that made me think all right, what is it that they're choosing to block and not smell? What does the sense of smell represent? Um, what emotions connected to it? What does the nose represent? Because long before COVID, this has happened to many other people. And it's such an interesting thing, but I truly believe you can bring it back if you want yeah. to. I know my kids have like watched TikTok and then they'll come and say, okay, you got to do this mom. And it's like putting two thumbs up and turn around three times or something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. The root chakra is actually connected to your sense of smell. I never understood that. I should have looked it up, because, but I never have. But probably almost a decade ago, I had a phantom smell where it smelled like, oh, it's almost kind of like a gasoline smell in some way. I would smell it everywhere. I'd smell it, you know, at work or in the car or in the kitchen or in my room. And I had so many tests done on yeah. my nasal cavity. We did all kinds of tests. And because I was scared, if you look that up, it even says like a form of like schizophrenia. <laughs> no, so someone or something was trying to get your attention. So I am a natural medium. So ever since I was a little girl, I could see and talk to people who have passed. And when I moved back to Laguna Beach, California, after culinary school, I moved back to my hometown and I moved in with my parents for a little bit as I got my footing on my whole new career path. You know, I had left my corporate job at the, in my thirties and was really starting all over again, almost like I was straight out of undergrad, except now, you know, I'm an adult and I'm starting over. So I moved in with them and every night at nine o'clock my room would fill up with the smell of cigarette smoke or cleaning products, or like somebody was in my room smoking a cigarette. And so I'd get so angry because I'm really sensitive to chemicals and smells. And so I'd go and ask my parents, like, what are you guys doing? Like, 
who's cleaning? What are these like chemical cleaning products? I'd go outside to see if there's somebody outside our house in the neighborhood smoking a cigarette that was just maybe drifting into my room. And that's not what was happening at all. It was my grandparents trying to get my attention. So one of my grandmothers really loved cleaning. She actually used all natural cleaning solutions. She was really big on that. And then another grandmother would smoke a lot. And so they were trying to get my attention. So I would start talking to them. And that actually led me to then go and get formal mediumship training. So it was easier for me to connect with them and talk to them. So sometimes these phantom scents, there is something deeper there for us. It's a blessing. I understand it. It tortures you and it follows you. And for me, it was the same time every night. And I thought, I can't live this way with these phantom sets going up every day at the same time. Um, And by looking into it, it opened my life to a whole new set of skills and opportunities and experiences. So I really recommend if anyone ever has this happen to them, explore it, find a teacher to help you figure out what it is. There's a lesson there for us. It's actually, I think called Claro factory, but at the time, my doctor, as you know, you've been doing a lot of meditation. You've been doing a lot of mantra. She said, I think you're smelling energy. So yeah. Which I was like, yeah, it was nice to not have the diagnosis of, I think you're schizophrenic. Absolutely. (laughs) You are not. But yeah, that's, so that's amazing. So your whole entire timeline just shifted and went a different direction. Well, it was interesting because I had always known I could do this. I always knew that I could talk to dead people if I wanted to. Um, but I knew I needed a teacher to help me refine the skill. And you also have to personally be ready, right? To step into a power that you already have. And for many years, I just wasn't ready. I was trying to ignore it. Um, It would bother me. It would affect vacations I went on. You know, I couldn't go to certain places. For instance, if you go to New Orleans or you go to Argentina or Cuba or these places that have these incredible graveyards where all the graves are elevated and they're like works of art. And when you travel to these places, a lot of people like to go on tours. They offer tours. And I can't go to a place like that because the souls there follow me home. And I am tortured in many different ways. So I, I realized that 20 years ago, I had to be careful on places I traveled because I would pick up things, but I wasn't ready to learn how to shield and manage everything I was seeing, feeling, experiencing. And so finally I couldn't run away from it anymore. It showed up in my life in a way where I had to face it. I'm so glad I did. And again, if anything, I wish I just would have done it sooner as someone that goes into kitchens in many different homes, I can better shield myself and protect myself. And I know how to better clean and clear a space. Mm -hmm. I know how the energy that's in a space can affect how we feel, how we prepare food. And, you know, our energy goes into all those meals that we prepare and then sit down and consume for energy. So for me is all connected in building just a more conscious, aware life. Wow. You know, I am from New Orleans. Yeah. I have the typical Louisiana family. My papa was a shrimper. My mama was in the kitchen cooking. And it is the dishes that I only know how to cook. 
So when it comes down to cooking, you know, there's some things, you know, I grew up on gumbo. It was like my first food. So I love that spice. That's so interesting because 11 magic herbs and spices is a great substitute when you need a Cajun rub. So I add a little bit of that to turkey meatloaf when I make that for my clients or any meatballs, when you just need that kind of kick that occasion or Creole spice can give. I will use Starseed Kitchen 11 Magic Herbs and Spice for that. And we're having so many really interesting synchronicities because I actually made jambalaya yesterday for my clients. Oh my God. You know, like that's not a normal (laughs) dish to make. And, you know, I only have one client that requests jambalaya and it just happened to be my client yesterday. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, we just had it last week. Very interesting today. Oh, I know. No kidding. Well, you know, I don't know about your podcast, but mine does that. So whatever's going on in my life, all of a sudden, you know, all my guests are also mirroring Yeah, <laughs> that it's so interesting how that works. Just like energy attracts like energy. It's true. I know. Mirroring is one thing that fascinates me. And I find with different people that are on a spiritual path that I talk to about mirroring, mm-hmm. some people embrace it and see it as a positive thing while others see it as something negative and they use mirroring as a way to constantly be pushing people out of their life. So I think it's one of those lessons that we all can revisit and relearn about. And again, when it happens, it's just a positive thing because it's just there to show us another layer of who we are and some things that maybe we need to work on. I totally agree. Absolutely. You know, another thing that I thought of when you were talking earlier was something that we adopted in our house years ago, being very mindful with our food. And it's so interesting. My youngest at the time, I got, she was probably only like five when we started this, but she stopped eating a lot of meat, you know, bringing her awareness to what she was eating. She just was like, I don't want to eat that mommy. And I was like, okay, well, if that's what you choose, but we can always thank this animal, which my partner is a hunter, which, yeah. and you know, he would never kill something he wouldn't eat. Wonderful. That's like one of the best ways to eat animal protein, because when you can hunt and do it on an individual level, it's so much more health supportive for you, for the animal, for everyone involved. Yes. Being mindful with your food just also gets you to this place of like gratitude for all things. I mean, we're thanking the people that put it on the shelf, right? We're thanking the people that picked this vegetable, you know, beyond just experiencing it with all of your senses. You got it exactly right. Like it takes a lot of different hands before it gets to your table. And so every person that touches that product, Mm -hmm. they're leaving like an energetic blueprint on it. So when you sit down at the table, you know, one of the greatest lessons I think many of us heard as a kid, and we we really didn't consciously process it, but slow down when you eat, you know, it's really easy when you're a kid. And even sometimes as an adult to just sit down and you eat really fast. Great way to just bring some consciousness into your meals, just to slow down when you eat it, enjoy it. And then you'll naturally have gratitude. It doesn't have to be an extra step that you bring in. Yes. I don't ever think I finished a meal because I was so present with my body when it was full. Isn't that nice? Yes, seriously. And then your spices 
tell me how you make them because this is one of my favorite things about this. Yeah, so I started making my own spice blends actually back when I was in high school in the 90s. My dad and I would start making our own blends. He really taught me to do that. And after I went to a health supportive culinary school, that's when I started to look deeper into each spice that was going into my blend, making sure it was organic and not irradiated because what I'm looking for is I'm looking for flavor and I'm looking for the natural health benefits in every single one of these herbs and spices, because these are just the dried version of the fresh version. This is just the dried version of cilantro or parsley or, you know, a pepper. And so these are concentrated superfoods. So I want to make sure the quality is there. And then I want to make sure that there's no sugar because I don't need sugar in my spice blend. I don't need my chicken to be sugary. I don't need my roasted vegetables to be sugary. I want to make sure that there's no MSG, no caking agents, none of these fillers that you see on a lot of the other spice blends that are out there. So that was another thing is when I became a personal chef, I had to start using my own personal spice blends for my clients because I knew they wanted the same quality I did. And everything that was on the shelves had added sugar, citric acid, anti-caking agents, you know, wouldn't tell me what type of salt it was using. So I started making these for my clients, all the different whole roast chickens, chicken thighs, smashed potatoes using my spice blends. They loved it. It was so nice to see somebody else love the flavor profiles that I had been making for myself for years. I just decided, you know, I want more people to be able to do this for myself. And I can't be in every kitchen upgrading the frequency in that kitchen by my intention, my practices, the music I play. So let me infuse that into my spice blends and then send that out into the world so other people can start consciously cooking for themselves, making meals that make them feel good, you know, and slowly just upgrading their body and their consciousness in their life. I love that. High vibrational foods, it says on here. What makes it the high vibrational? That's the part that I love too, because prior guests I've had on a few times, Scarlet Raven, she makes oils and tinctures and stuff like that. But she and her group, they do what I think you do is they actually have like a ceremony when they are making these products. Exactly. And I've had a shaman come and double check the product and the process. I'm just to confirm that the food is truly blessed, you know, a shaman or a certain level of a spiritual practitioner, like we were talking about earlier, the smell, they can smell when something's blessed. Mm -hmm. And so I had her come and double check that the food, the product is blessed through the ceremony that we perform prior to blending and jarring and all throughout the process until it gets to you by properly saging the place and saging everybody that is a part of the process of the product, setting the intention as a community, you know, playing Kundalini mantras. So that gets infused into the food, charging the product with the quartz keys, a crystal 24 seven. So all that stuff it sets an energetic blueprint with the product that even once it ships, it's still going to be there for the person that consumes it. And I think that is the future of food, just like that's part of the future of medicine. I think right now it might be a little fringe, but I think in 10, 15 years, there's going to be a slew of people doing this. 
Yeah, because there's an energy behind it. Yeah. You can tell the difference from when you buy a crystal, right, from like China that comes through Amazon, or when you actually go to like a little hole in the wall store where it's been picked just special, you know, yes. for the setting. My co-host Mandy and I, we used to have a mobile boutique and every single thing in that boutique we knew. We knew every stone, we knew all of it because we had handpicked it. Yeah. There was so much love that went into it. So that's what I feel from your spices and herbs as well, because I can, yes. And that is amazing because we're ingesting this, right? We're putting it into our body, our temple. Why would you not want to put something in your body that had an amazing energy behind it? Yeah. So part of why I also did this because I wanted to subtly upgrade my client's life. I wanted to be able to support their body, their mind, their consciousness subtly. You know, there's a lot of people on social media standing on their soapbox, screaming about what's poison, what they shouldn't eat, what they shouldn't be doing. A lot of fear-based information around food. And I don't think that that is the way to help people change. I think by changing the frequency that is around them, they'll naturally level up. So that's part of what I've been doing with this product. And I've naturally seen that working for my clients for two, three, four, five years. When I play this frequency music in their kitchen, when I have this intention, when I feed them this food, I've watched them naturally change their diet even further, change their lifestyle further, become more consciously aware of, you know, a variety of things that are going on in our planet or in our government or in our environment that may not be right. They they can see it now. They can see things that they didn't see before. And that's because their consciousness, their mindset, their health is changing. And I never had to get on a soapbox and scream at them. You need to do all this. How are you seeing this? I could just subtly show up every week for them and infuse something new in their space. And I've watched them completely open up and change. I had read that you believe that the healthiest meal that you can eat is made at home. Yep. The healthiest meal you can eat is the one you make at home. And that's for a lot of the reasons we've been talking about one you choose the quality of the foods that you're going to invite in. So if we were to take macaroni and cheese, for example, I would consider a boxed macaroni and cheese, a low vibration food. But if you make macaroni and cheese from scratch, you choose, you know, Italian pasta or organic pasta, you choose raw milk, you you choose raw cheddar cheese, you choose the best quality butter you can get. You make it with love. You take your time doing it. You talk to the food. Maybe you play a special vibrational music. Now you're making a high vibration food. Now you're making a great quality conscious meal. Hey listeners, have you wanted to try out some of the amazing sessions heard on Sense of Soul podcast? Perhaps you wanted to learn more and didn't want to break the bank in doing so. Well, now you can. 
Each month, as a Level 2 Sense of Soul Patreon member, you can experience many intuitive sessions from a range of unique healing modalities from some of my most favorite guests for free. That's right, for free. It's my way of giving back and to thank you so much for your support. So go to www.patreon.com backslash sense of soul. That's www.patreon.com backslash sense of soul. You can also find this link in the show notes. I mean, there's nothing like your mama's sandwich, right? Because it's made with love, right? That energy behind it. And you know, back in the day, when my older kids were so busy, we were like at baseball games from like 8 a.m. till like 10 at night, you know, every which direction. And we had to eat on the road. I mean, it was, all of it was so unhealthy. The busyness, the way we ate, the sunflower seed addiction that I had because of baseball, I felt like I needed a 12-step program. My mouth would go numb. (laughs) But like, I think about you know, back in the day, and I'm a Gen X kid, you know, we always sat down and ate together. There wasn't a question. But you know, what do you suggest for the busy family, you know, who's on the go? Well, I love to meal prep for myself. So Mm -hmm. I take twice a week, even though I'm cooking for so many other people, I take twice a week that when I make myself dinner on a Sunday night, and on a Wednesday night, I make extras of a lot of things. And then I throw in a few other extras. So if I'm cooking dinner on Sunday night, let me just roast a few extra sweet potatoes, make a side batch of brown rice and hard boil some eggs. So now I have a few extra tools in my tool belt for the week. So when I need breakfast on the go, I can grab the hard boiled eggs. If I need a healthy starch, when I come home from work to go with like a simple piece of baked salmon, the rice is already done. So I, I prepare myself. I, I put a few things in place to make my life easier because I'm that person constantly on the go as well. Mm -hmm. And then there are times where I I also like to just reflect and it's, why am I on a go like this? You know, sometimes you have to reassess the schedule so you can be home for dinner because you know, that's just going to make you feel better, but it's important that you stack your fridge or your pantry with some tools that are going to make you feel better. And you just put that extra 30 minutes or 40 minutes in place on Saturday and Wednesday or Saturday and Thursday or Sunday and Friday, where you just cook a little bit extra food. It'll change your life. Yeah. My youngest, I only have one in school anymore, but so she just started doing like school lunch. I mean, why are they still serving these kids? Some of the crappiest shit ever. It's it's just insane. It's never going to change. So when I was in culinary school, I had previously lived in Washington, DC, and there was another person in my program in New York city in culinary school that had also come from DC who had tried to work on changing the foods in elementary schools and schools across the country. It's, it's not going to change because it's government run and there's kickbacks that are happening. So your child getting certain foods all depends on a lot of other people's pockets getting lined. So unfortunately, families have to work on making sure that 
they prepare meals for their kids. But one thing people can start doing is have the kids help prepare their meals. Mm -hmm. So when I was in elementary school, my parents got me in the kitchen and had me start cooking and prepping my lunches. So by the time I was in sixth grade, by the time I was 10 years old, I was making my lunch. My parents weren't making my lunch. I was doing it, you know, and that was like my, my job the night before school every day was to make my lunch, pack my backpack and have it by the front door. You know, that was my responsibility. And, you know, that sets you up for life. That helps make you have such great organizational skills. And no matter what business you go into, you're going to make sure that the night before you're prepared for your, you know, what you want to accomplish the next day. And you'll probably be able to fuel your mind, body, and soul because Mm -hmm. you know how to do that. Yeah. My little one actually is like that. She's got everything laid out. Yeah. (laughs) Down to the necklace. You know, she's definitely like that. Not all of my children were like that. But, you know, the other day I had to make her home lunch because she went on a field trip. Yeah. And then I was like, I was about to, I used to always like write her little notes on her napkins. (laughs) That's so cute. Little affirmations, little love notes. I used to. I love that. That's so nice. I mean, we all know, you know, food is just water, right? Food is majority water, just like we're majority water. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of scientific experiments and information out there where when you write a word on the water, it changes the molecular structure of the water. And, you know, it's either going to go up spiral or down spiral. So if you just write love on a bagged lunch, it's going to create a more health supportive, delicious meal. That's going to make the person feel good. And all it took was four letters, you know? Yes. Those younger generations, they're so woke. I mean, they just have a totally different perspective of the world. And I love it because she cares so much about the environment. You know, I think that's something also that I wish that I had a green thumb to have my own garden. Her grandma has the most amazing garden ever. There is a difference in the taste of that food. Yes, because it's more fresh when you eat it, right? So it's going to be more nutritionally dense if you picked it and then ate it versus, you know, that's part of why I went to a culinary school and I try to share what I learned because Mm -hmm. people need to understand how long it takes for their food to simply get to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. let alone then to their home. So, right. So your carrots were picked and then they're picked on a farm and then they were taken to a processing facility to be washed, packaged in a box, shipped to a, another facility. That's the in-between company. That company has the connections with all the grocery stores. They then ship it to the grocery store. Then you as the consumer show up at the grocery store, pick the carrot, take it home, maybe have it in your fridge for three or four days before you eat it. So it's been out of the ground for two weeks. So the nutritional density is going to be a little different than if you just picked it out of grandma's garden, washed it, in our steaming or roasting it for dinner. One or the other, you know, isn't bad. You know, part of it is just how we live now, but there is a lot going on in the number of hands that touch it, how nutritionally dense the soil is, you know, how long it's taken for you to eat it. All those things play a part. Now we shouldn't allow this information to 
stress us, stress us out, but hopefully it encourages more people to then start going to the farmer's market every now and then, or, you know, if their neighbor is starting a garden, seeing how you can be a part of that, just do the best you can with your surroundings. But absolutely, there'll always be a difference between the taste of freshly picked food versus food picked a week ago. One of my clients, her client is Elon Musk's brother. Oh, wow. He has restaurants in Colorado and Chicago. Have you heard about what he's doing? I haven't. Kimball Musk. So he's the co-founder of Big Green Module Gardens. A learning garden is an outdoor classroom that serves as a productive garden for food plants composed of module raised beds with seating and shade, providing space for teaching and learning. You know, farming, I don't know, is some of it bad for the environment? What's bad for the environment are herbicides, insecticides, pesticides, you know, chemicals. But farming the land isn't bad for the environment. People have been planting seeds and eating what they're growing for thousands of years. And most family farms, you know, most people who grow food for themselves, they end up getting more than they can eat. Like we all have a neighbor that's had a orange tree or a lemon tree or an avocado tree, whatever it is, and they get more than they can possibly eat. So there's always more abundance than we give nature credit for. And simply by having a fruiting tree or vegetables in our garden, we are not doing the planet harm. No, not not that kind of farming. Yeah. Industrial farming. I think many of us are quite aware of actions that aren't supportive to our environment, but having something at home like that product, what a great learning tool for people. Yeah. I, like I said, I wish that I had that green thumb. I have been a plant mass murderer for years and just over the past, like maybe five years, I've been able to have plants that have lived and love me now. (laughs) Yeah. Someone would give me a plant and I'm like, oh, this poor plant's going to die. <laughs> now just keep telling yourself that you have two green thumbs and see how that changes how your plants grow. Yeah. I don't know if it's Colorado. I mean, you go to Louisiana, you can like grow anything. <laughs> yes. Far. But yeah. like I said, gosh, my little girl's grandmother has like the most amazing. And one thing I did, I can't remember what it was. But there was something that someone tasted. I don't know if it was for sure out of her garden, but I remember this conversation because they didn't like the way it tasted. It was natural and it didn't have what they were used to eating and how it was produced. What was the food? I know. I wish I could remember what it was. Because a lot of people don't like the taste of real meat. They don't like the taste of hundred percent grass finished because they've gotten so used to grain and corn and soy fed meat, which is so interesting because I personally don't taste the difference, but some people really do. It's like someone who's used to eating really sugary foods yes. and then they have something without sugar. You know, it yes. is shocking to the palate. However, If you give yourself a few days and you detox from the sugar and then you have the unsweetened foods, 
you can start to naturally taste the sweetness in carrots and parsnips and sweet potatoes that the artificial sugar will become too much to you. So everyone's palate can change and our taste buds change every seven years. So the way food is going to taste for you is going to change no matter what. So that's why often the foods that we loved when we were kids, we don't love as adults because we have a whole new set of taste buds. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Do you know a lot of things that I used to like I don't like anymore? Yes. I am going through menopause though, and I have heard that as you go through menopause, like your taste changes. I mean, everything changes. (laughs) I haven't, but your hormones are changing. So that's going to change exactly what you're craving and what your, your body needs because it's searching to find its new balance and its new equilibrium. So of course, what worked before might not work during that time. Right. Wow. So every seven years, I never knew that. Every seven years, you have a whole new taste buds, a whole new sense of taste for life. Oh, that's probably why as you get older, you're trying new things. True. But also as you expand your mind, you know, as you expand your world, you become more curious, right? It's like the older we get, the more we realize how expansive the world is, the more there's places we want to go and see and learn because we've ourselves have grown. So I think that plays a lot in us being more open to trying new things when it comes to food. When I do discernment exercises, so I ask them like, you know, think of something you love and I don't want them to think about a person because I'm going to ask them to hate that thing. (laughs) So I want it just to be something simple. And I always think about my Momo's French fries because there's so much memory and so much energy and love behind those French fries. So as you're smelling and eating and tasting There's so much memory too there. Yeah, because it's activating all four bodies, our physical, our emotional, our spiritual, our mental, because that's what we're really feeding every day is not just the body that we can see, but our mental component, our spiritual component, all of the layers of us. Yeah, I love that. You know, I'm a Taurus, but yet I don't have the whole love of food, but my partner is a Taurus he intentionally puts together food. It all makes sense, right? Everything, you know, he's very mindful about how he cooks. In Louisiana, they just throw it all together. I mean, you got rice with potatoes all the time. (laughs) And in his mind, he's like, no, it doesn't go. But you know, back then when they wanted to feed more people, they just put more carbs in there so they can, you know, make it around the table. (laughs) That's exactly it. And when you look into a a lot of different soups and stew recipes from around the world, if they needed to feed more people, they just kept adding more flour into it, more flour and water just to expand it. Yeah. You know, another thing is everybody seems to have allergies like never before. I know. I mean, I do to the environment. I've even noticed my tongue feeling tingly with some foods. I love the fact when I think about like, they say you should get local honey because it'll help you with allergies or your immune system. I love that. I do that too. The local honey, but I also buy the local bee pollen and I end up eating that more often. So I just have the bee pollen in the fridge 
And then anytime I'm like going into the kitchen, cause I need an afternoon snack. That's when I just like pour a little bee pollen in my hand and eat it. It's a great source of protein. And then I'll have whatever snack with that. And that really helps with allergies, but it's heavy on protein. There's actually so many more health benefits to the bee pollen. So that's my favorite. You can pick what it does up. It look like? Is it like a powder? Or it what? looks like little, little pellets. Oh yeah. Little yeah. yellow pellets. It's so delicious. Well, living in Colorado, I feel like we have health food store or, you know, like whole foods on every single corner. I mean, we have so many of them here. I love it too, because my kids don't know anything different because they're everywhere. They grew up on it. And if I was to choose where to go, of course I would choose that. Yes. You're going to find bee pollen in a whole food store or at a, any health market or health focused food store. It's going to be in the refrigerated section. It's there's bee pollen. There's usually flaxseed oil and probiotics all in the same section versus if you were to go into just a generic local grocery store, they're not going to have that section with the refrigerated bee pollen, flaxseed oil and probiotics. Wow. You know, I'm just looking at your skin and your hair. Everything is so fresh and beautiful. Oh, you, thank are, you. you are what you eat, right? I think so. What people need to remember is you're not just eating for energy, but you're eating for your mind too. Yes. You know, this is going to give you an ability to show up in your life every day and be clear and be able to accomplish your dreams and to be able to better communicate and connect with people. You know, the food we eat is just kind of the foundation in our life and our well being. So when we eat foods that make us feel good, that are real, whole, it supports again the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the mental bodies. So we can show up in all of our ways and truly, truly, in essence, carry who we really are or who we really want to be in this life. So, you know, a lot of people have like tons of vitamins everywhere. Yeah. Are you one of those two, or do you feel like you can eat them? So I always have a few in my repertoire. I always have a few and it's changes probably every four months or so. Mm -hmm. So right now I take a few different types of magnesium. I always take a certain type of silica. I take a vitamin E and I take Nutrafol for my hair because it really makes a difference. I wear stem cell patches every day. It's a sticker that is phototherapy and it helps your body start making more of your own stem cells. So those are the things that I do every day and they really make a difference for me. I have probiotics, but mm -hmm. I only use them occasionally. I keep a lot of fermented vegetables in my fridge, like a lot of sauerkraut and kimchi. And so I have wow. that naturally a few days a week. So I just listen to my body and I feel like I need a little a little extra support. That's when I take a probiotic, but I'm naturally getting it in my yeah. life through the fermented vegetables. You know that I had a client and she was basically told she was not going to make it even to Christmas. Wow. And she went to, I mean, and oh, it broke my heart when I would massage her. It was like massaging a skeleton, like what chemo and everything had done to her. So she decided to go to this holistic doctor and just give it a chance. I mean, what's, she's going to die. Might as well, you know, try. They put her on a fermented diet and this woman is in remission. Amazing. Yeah. So what did the diet entail? Do you remember? Well, I all I remember is I asked her that and she's like, pretty much I eat 
like someone did in the 1800s. Yeah, she just eats whole real food from scratch. Yep, and and that's what did it. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's it's really scary, you know, how many things we're eating and putting in our body that's causing cancer. I mean, you just read some of those labels. If you don't have a clue what the hell that word is that has 40 letters in it, you probably shouldn't put it in your mouth. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so lucky, though, that I have someone that loves to cook here, though, at my house. Food doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. So you can just put on the plate, you know, two hard-boiled eggs, some short-grained brown rice, a little kimchi, and some fresh cilantro. And, like, now you have a nice little healthy bowl. You know, you can add some steamed vegetables if you want. You know, food can be really simple and delicious. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Right. I mean, if you're mindful with it, then you won't feel so full and uncomfortable after you're done eating. Yeah. <laughs> so tell everybody if they wanted to buy some of your products or you're local to yeah. where you at. So I live in Laguna Beach, California, my hometown, and everyone can find me on every social media channel as Whitney Aronoff. And then they can also find Starseed Kitchen on social media and visit the website Starseed Kitchen com. That's where you can shop spice, shop my 11 magic herbs and spices, and you can use the code starseed for a discount off your order. Um, that will support in shipping costs. And then I have conversations like this, all about food, health, wellness, clean beauty on my podcast, the high vibration living podcast with chef Whitney Aronoff. Yes. It's such a great podcast. I loved it. I mean, and more, you were talking about astrology and, star seeds which you know is kind of like a very fun topic lately but um thank you so much for coming on i appreciate all of your wisdom that you brought i mean something very unique but yet something we do every day we just need to be more conscious absolutely well thank you so much for chatting and enjoy a wonderful meal that makes you feel good yes thank you thank you i will and thank you so much for this amazing high vibrational spice that you sent me is awesome i definitely recommend it thanks for listening to sense of soul podcast and thanks to our special guests for joining me if you want more of sense of soul check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support sense of soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund thanks for listening